This is the weekly sales meeting for September 10th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is the be-all and end-all. When a new business enters the marketplace, advertising is a necessity. They now have a million choices, or so it may seem. When one chooses to do business with a competitor instead of us, we are often offended. In media, we have been doing this since the first salesperson sold the first advertisement, and the first competitor popped up. As soon as a competitor gets a new customer, a string of other sellers show up at that business's doorstep, each one claiming their service is better. They can give a whole litany of reasons the customer should switch, almost as if we were not interested in the customer's success as long as we kept the other guy from doing business with them. Those that sell for share are also guilty, as they put in place business practices that will hurt them long term as long as the other guy doesn't get it. And this continues to happen this year and next. We are more interested in the health of our business short-term. We fail to take into account the continued long-term health of our customers, as if there will be an endless supply of customers beating down our doors, lining up to throw money at us. We should outlaw this age-old business practice of selling only for share. It is a short-term tactic that does nothing for our customers' business or ours. Not only does it teach bad fundamentals internally, but it also teaches a poor long-term outlook to business clients. It teaches them only how to buy what is cheap, not what is effective. It teaches them matching appropriate audiences doesn't matter. It teaches them effective messaging is not relevant. Even though we may have spent an inordinate amount of time convincing them it is necessary to match the message to the audience. When we are trying to get someone to switch from a competitor, we throw all of our good advice out the window. It becomes about winning, not about doing what is right. Every broadcaster has at least one competitor that operates this way. Look around. If you can't identify that competitor, then it's our operation that is guilty. People shouting from the rooftop about how much better theirs is than the other guys is nothing but a cry for brand equity. I found this to be true regardless of the medium. Go to a media seller's convention. Listen to how people introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Tom from WSNV-TV. We are number one in news and number one in prime. I have told many a Tom, I don't care about those things. What can you do for me? Tom is a typical seller. He does not know how to craft a client-focused opening statement, one that resonates with potential customers. If you are leading with internal metrics not related to my success as a customer, quit it. Stop doing it right now. I would be more impressed with Tom if he had introduced himself to me this way. Hi, I'm Tom from WSNV-TV. We have over 100 repeat customers who can't live without WSNV. It is because of the growth results we provide month over month. Can we add you to our list of satisfied customers? That would get my attention. The digital first sellers may be worse. They lead with tactics. Theirs sound like Tom, only with tactics. Hi, I'm Sam from Pacific Digital. We are the number one agency for growing your YouTube channel and getting more likes. With the rise and proliferation of digital advertising, this is on full display. Watch your internet news feeds or email inbox to see examples of this. These are people touting Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok strategies for business. How about those selling email lists, lead generation services, or digital video solutions? Enthusiasts will tout the virtues of how great something is. That is, until it is not. 
All services have this myopic approach to helping customers that is so self-centered. It has nothing to do with helping customers. It is this idea of mine at the expense of yours. Use my car, not the other guys. Use my form of advertising, not what you've been doing that works. This new great thing will be better than what you've been doing, regardless of whether it is good for you or not. It is the wild, wild west, and this is snake oil sales at its best. Everyone is looking for the next fad to chase. Chasing fads can lead to short-term gains, but these are rarely sustainable. There are many of these fads you might remember. The 1950s gave us the hula hoop. There were mood rings in the 1970s. Remember the cabbage patch craze of the 1980s? Did those become the beanie babies of the 90s? There are many fads in fashion, music, and pop culture. Here's one such fad. Gary Dahl was an American businessman. He worked as a copywriter in the field of advertising. One night in the mid-70s, Gary was out imbibing with friends at a local watering hole. The friends discussed the challenge of care and feeding for pets. He made a joke about a pet rock needing zero care and feeding. Mr. Dahl decided to turn his novelty idea into a business. He wrote a 36-page instruction booklet about the pet rock, which few read. But it was enough to get some investors involved, launch the product, and the company. He was soon selling more than 10,000 units a day, and this is before the Internet of Things dominated our lives. Fast forward a year and a half, and the flash-in-the-pan craze of the pet rock had died out, but it was enough for one person to make a fortune. He attempted to replicate the formula of selling and launching other products. These included sand breeding kits and red china dirt. Each of these ventures failed to produce much of an impact. He returned to the advertising agency business. He produced radio and television commercials for hundreds of companies. Despite being one of the top fads of the 1970s, Dahl returned to work as those fads were not sustainable. These were fads because of their novelty, as the product was not built to solve a customer problem. It was a novelty. There was no foundation of long-term need. One might argue that Dahl was tapping into basic human elements to make this craze work, but those same elements which created the fad led to its downfall. In less than two years, the general public had moved on to the next best thing, and Dahl went back to his day job. By the way, he later wrote the 2001 book, Advertising for Dummies. What other fads are out there with similar challenges? AI or artificial intelligence is the latest. I have seen at least 100 unsolicited invitations to use someone else's AI solution. All of these invites are the same. All make grandiose claims that they are better than the others. Only one problem. They all offer to solve a problem I don't have. AI may be great, but I'm not having a problem writing. I don't have a problem developing my content and brand strategy. If you are having these problems, there are plenty of creative people available. They can be hired to do this work for your company. AI is a cost-saving measure that may end up costing more in the end. AI lacks the one thing content and brand strategy is attempting to create, the idea of connection. It is a basic societal element and one that they have yet to create in an AI laboratory. When Jeff Bezos of Amazon.com was asked about the future, he gave a pointed answer. He said, I frequently get the question, what is going to change in the next 10 years? I almost never get the question, what is not going to change in the next 10 years? You can build a business strategy around the things that are stable in time. 
When you examine Amazon's business strategy, we will find it's steeped in technology, but its primary business is rooted in what will not change. It is not chasing fads, but tapping into basic human psychology. It is not trying to invent the new fidget spinner. It is giving you a platform to buy that item, and then attempts to upsell you to other products through the power of suggestion. People who bought product X frequently bought product Y. You have likely seen this in your shopping cart or on your current purchase page when trying to buy one of my books on Amazon.com. Amazon is a commissioned salesperson. It knows the bigger your shopping cart, the more money it makes. Back to our world of advertising, instead of looking at what is going to change and how we can monopolize the next fad, it will be wise to fortify our business around what is not going to change. What is not going to change is the need for our clients to connect with more customers. What is not going to change is our ability to provide this pathway, regardless of the tactics required to make this happen. If we dedicate ourselves to helping our customers connect with more people, that is a sustainable business model. That is, if we are charging enough for this service. Capitalism is founded on two basic principles. One is the more expensive the product, the better the product is perceived to be. And the second is the price of goods and services is basically equitable. You might say fair, but as you know, fair is subjective. These are the pillars we should build our foundation with. It will help maintain our stability. Today, social media is all the rage, but it lacks the fundamental basics of community. It is not social at all. It works to create silos, not the communication playing field. Some will try to tell you it is a form of mass communication, but the largest social media platform is Facebook, and its audience peaked at 69% penetration in North America and has since dropped to 58%. The next highest platform from a total audience standpoint is Twitter, and it has 15% penetration. Meanwhile, broadcast radio and television sit in the mid to high 80s in terms of penetration. How come we are not telling that story from the rooftops? We are too busy claiming we are better than our competitors in the same space. Meanwhile, the buying community uses its data points, like some inane social media statistics to claim it has a higher total penetration rate than all mass media. This is old tech versus new tech, and the new tech has the advantage of being in every buyer's pocket. Some years back, I was able to go through a training course at a large ad agency. One of the things I remember from that experience is what they told their buyers to do with media sellers. They suggested placing them all in the same waiting room and letting them stare at each other. Then they said, let the television sellers come in first, leave the radio sellers to the end. They will eat each other. I've never forgotten this lesson. It explains a lot. It tells us what the buying community thinks of media sellers and how they value us. It also shows what they predict will happen by using these tactics. Because many of us were trained to lead with our features, we do. We talk about our attributes. They become anchor positions to be used against us in the buying phase. We don't sell the medium. We don't sell the penetration. We don't sell the acceptance level or the brand safety elements of our platform. We sell the individual aspects of our particular brand. This allows buyers to pick us apart and lower our perceived value, but only if we let them. Nothing is the be-all and end-all, regardless of what Mark Zuckerberg claims. There is only can and cannot. We should start looking at our product offering from the standpoint of what they can deliver for our customers. Forget about what they cannot do. Focus only on the positive of what they can do and what they do for other customers. This is the power of peer validation. After all, our products, by definition, are connection points to customers. We connect our customers to the audience no matter how big or how small. 
Most businesses, the ones without a national footprint, rely on these connections to keep the business thriving. If you represent this audience, you have the advantage. This is your high ground. Don't give up this advantage to go fight in the mud. Live in the world of local connections. This is where you control the narrative. This is if you don't rehearse and recite rote scripts about yourself and your product. Instead, consider the value of the service you provide. What is the connection point for the customer? How can you make your audience more valuable? Look at the retail spending power of your audience and what they are liable to be buying each week, each month, or each year. This is a tangible element that relates to the real business impact. Most look at advertising purchases as merely added expenses. Few look at them as a revenue-generating part of their business. What if you were that person who could do the math, the one who could draw the equation of what is invested versus what the investment returns to your client's business. Even better, what if you were the one that could illustrate the money left on the table every day, every week, or every month of inaction? Would that make you the be-all and end-all of media sellers in your market? How about we strive for that? My new book, 52 Weekly Sales Meetings, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.